This week on This Week in Blurns Ball. Baseball is actually back for now. A champion is crowned. I will destroy you! And stop calling! Welcome to This Week in Blurns Ball, where we'll make you stronger than Gumby and Hercules combined. Gumbercules? I love that guy. Deep cut. I'm your co-host, Ben Bloom. Right? Yeah. And that was Jacob Morris. I'm Ben Bloom. Yeah, that. you know you're going to get some good Futurama deep cuts here. I, I got into a Futurama spiral this past week. I also ended up watching all three Lord of the Rings movies for the first time. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting week. Very interesting week for you. Lots and lots of very good media. But also, we have baseball back. What am I doing watching every anything else? Baseball, 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 baseball. Yeah. So, well, tentatively. Yes, incredibly tentatively, but. We came to a agreement, if you can call what they had an agreement. Uh, so we've got a 60-game season. There will be a DH in both leagues. There will be extra innings starting with a guy on second base. Uh, gross. Yeah, incredibly gross. But there will be a season is the important thing to take away from this, unless, of course... This pandemic continues to grow, and everything completely falls apart. And essentially, as we were getting the news that this season was, in fact, going to go ahead, we subsequently were getting news that there was, like, 10,000 cases in a single day in Florida, and Arizona is, like, completely shutting down, and Texas is shutting down. So, who knows what's actually going to happen in the, like, three weeks between now and the start of the real season? I mean... At this point, still anything can happen. But just even even the day where baseball was like announced that they have a plan to come back, everyone's freaking out. Suddenly, I'd say about 80% of the animosity that we were feeling during all of those union negotiations seemed to disappear. There was still a 20% of, you jerks really made us go through all that just to get this. We already had this. This wasn't a, a. We could have just gone to this. We absolutely could have just gone to this, and we could have had more baseball because a sixty-game season—that is a sprint. I mean, we're going to see some wacky shit. It's it's going to be it's going to be a great case study of baseball. And that being said, I mean, there's players who, for very understandable reasons. You know, the pandemic and ongoing, you know, racial and societal issues are not going to be playing this year who have chosen to opt out. Yeah. So the big names so far, Ian Desmond and Ryan Zimmerman, uh, Desmond for racial reasons, Zimmerman because his mom has MS. So that means that he wouldn't be able to see her for close to six months. Uh, understandably so, and we'll see who else joins them as we get closer and closer to the season. I mean, like, it, it, for those of you listening who haven't had a chance to read Ian Desmond's, it's essentially an essay where he talks everything about, you know, like the racism he experienced growing up in Sarasota, Florida, to the fact that he has, I believe it's four young kids now, and he wants to, you know, keep his family healthy in addition to, you know, like, repairing baseball at the grassroots level in his hometown like just an incredible just an incredible read and like you really tip your hat to him like it's like yes like he's 
And these guys aren't going to get paid. These guys aren't going to get service time. Like it's, and like those things like are almost like, like inconsequential at this point. Like they're like, they, there's so much more on the line and yeah, you, you like you absolutely support that, those decisions. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult to not support those decisions. I've seen some people on Twitter being like, Oh, they should just play because they should play. And those people are jerks. Uh, there's no other way to yeah, put it. Yeah, orcish on Twitter. See, I paid attention. You did pay attention. Good job, Ben. I'm giving you a virtual head pat. So, yeah. It's, I mean, there's a ton going on. We do have baseball on the horizon. And, you know, in, 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 in like a really, like, incredible gesture, like the one thing that you lament that okay the pandemic has taken away so much um but this year would have commemorated the hundredth year anniversary the centenary of the uh, beginning of the negro leagues and then yesterday you saw everyone from you know like president former president barack obama to you know like hank aaron to you know current players to current managers you know tipping their caps to just the incredible work of the like the the athletes who you know like who thrived in the negro leagues when they were just unjustly denied a chance to play in major league baseball yeah and that was an awesome thing to see uh that there was so much recognition there uh it's too bad there won't really be an on-field aspect to that in the major leagues this year uh seeing as to how there won't be anybody in the stands to be able to do the recognition for, uh, and that is part of why the recognition happens in an on-field fashion. But hopefully we'll be able to see something happen for the 101st anniversary, because we're going to be seeing a lot of makeup for for stuff, I think, happening come the 2021 season. Uh, But it will be different this season. No fans in the stands is going to be a big one. there will be, for the first time in Major League Baseball history, excluding that one weird game in Baltimore, no fans in the stands. Uh, and we'll see how that impacts the game itself. I mean, the players go out there and play for the fans, a lot of them say. And now they're playing in empty stadiums in front of nobody. Uh, it will be very interesting to see how that impacts the game on the field. And, yeah, it's you'll be hearing things that you don't always hear, and that that in itself, like 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 in the, and by that, I mean, like like the sounds of the game, like you know, like the crunch of the clay under cleats, you know, like the spin on on on, on a breaking ball, and also you know people yelling, "Oh shit, when they get hit in the foot, yeah, uh, I mean that'll be fun to hear, uh, at least at first. But, uh, man, I didn't even consider the oh shit when they get in on the foot part. Uh, I wonder how long it'll take before there's FCC complaints because they hear all the swearing. Judging by America, way too soon. Incredibly too soon. It's live sports, people. Stuff just happens. Absolutely. And speaking of things just happening, your idea is coming to fruition, potentially. Potentially. Any <laughs> yeah, well, this is kind of what I thought was going to happen, and it turns out they actually do have a direct connection from the stadium to the hotel. Wow, architects in 1989 foresaw this happening. Um, so the Blue Jays... Someone gave Biff the... The Blue Jays are potentially going to actually be playing their home games in Toronto, in pretty much exactly the fashion that I said on last week's podcast. Stay in the hotel, go directly from the hotel to the stadium through the tunnel that connects the two, uh, and then only stay in that area. And the Jays themselves, we're calling it Spring Training 2.0, I am still of the opinion that it should be called Summer Camp. Um, I thought it was Summer Camp brought to you by Camping World. See, that's what it should be. Uh, 
for their summer camp will be staying inside that hotel so that they can maintain a 14-day quarantine. Now, all of this is tentative based on the approval of the Canadian government. So, based on reports... Based on reports, they've gotten the okay of the provincial government in Ontario and health officials at the national, provincial, and uh, city level. So we're waiting on the okay of the federal government. I don't see it standing in the way at this point. So right now, the Jays are doing their player intake in Dunedin. They're doing all their checks for COVID in Dunedin. Uh, But it looks like they're getting ready to come up to Toronto. They've been telling the players, be prepared to go up to Toronto for spring training. And that means there's a decent chance that this summer you have like two major sports teams, uh, sports leagues, playing games in the city. And like we're still waiting to hear what happens with the NHL hub cities. I still really would laugh if all Canadian teams got shut out and they just put everyone in Vegas. But, you know, it's should all of these seasons progress, there won't be any fans, but you'll have local sports on television for the first time in months. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what I'm hearing with the NHL, there's rumblings that it's... So it's down to four, according to Bob McKenzie. Uh, Vegas, Mm. Chicago, Edmonton, and Toronto. But there's rumblings now that Vegas might be on thin ice, pardon the pun, because... Uh because of the spike in caseloads in Nevada. So it might actually end up being Edmonton and Toronto. They will have it be an all-Canadian hub setup in the NHL. Which means that we'll have to, you know, do everything in metric. Yeah. Remember, goals are worth 1.2 in Canada. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's uh, it assists uh, the, the difference is measured in meters, um, you know, the games last, you know, five kilometers. Just all the great Canadian jokes that aren't funny anymore. We've we've heard it all, guys. We've heard them all. But yeah. this isn't a hockey podcast. This is a baseball podcast. And Damn right it is. There will be pending baseball in Toronto this summer. Pending approval. And pending approval. That looks good uh, for the Jays, that they're not going to end up playing in their minor league facility, because that looks kind of amateur hour. And also, you know, Contagion Central being Florida. Yeah, oh good lord, Contagion Central Florida. Well, again, there's been rumors, nothing confirmed, that the Florida-based teams and the Diamondbacks might end up starting their seasons with lengthy road trips as they try and let these states get their shit under control. And, I mean, I know we get into the podcast business, like, to to have fun, to make friends, but can we just call out Florida's governor for being a complete idiot? (laughs) Yeah, what the hell? Oh, yeah, it's going to go away. Everything's fine. It's going to be perfect here. And then, like, 10,000 cases later, no, it's still fine. Good lord. It's, I mean, like, you and I are generally, like, like amicable people. You know, we treat people with respect. But this guy's a goddamn moron. Well, I mean, he is the governor of Florida. What did we expect? You know who I wish was governor of Florida? Bert Kreischer. He would do a great job. <laughs> yeah. Good old Bert. Plus, he is, he's Florida man, but he, with a heart. <laughs> yeah. It's Florida. America's wang. <laughs> they prefer the sunshine state, Mr. Simpson. But enough dunking on nice Florida. Job. I think it's time we get to what everybody has come here for. It's time for the gold medal match. This has been months in the making, ladies and gentlemen. We have we started off with 30 movies, two TV episodes, tons of arguing, several times breaking down in tears. I mean, I totally never broke down in tears. 
but we have done it. We are here at the final of the TWI Blurns Ball Movie Madness Bracket, which was only supposed to be in existence until, you know, Real Sports came back. And sure enough, with Real Sports coming back, we got we we have the gold medal match. It is a league of their own versus Bad News Bears. Did oh. not see this coming, and yet here we are. Here we are. This is upset special for both of these movies. Uh, we we had it predicted from the very start. We thought we were going to see two number one seeds here. We thought for sure this was going to be the Costner matchup, League of their League of their own coming through, defeating Field of Dreams, and then the Bad News Bears defeating Bull Durham. Those were two huge upsets. And, and here we- yet, yeah, we're we're looking at them now as they're great baseball movies to begin with. Yeah, the math doesn't lie, except when it does. Math does not lie, and we've perfected the gauntlet. These movies have been run through them several times. They've been debated and picked apart to the nth degree, and now they stand against each other, ready one last time to fight it out, and we'll see which movie reigns supreme. Now, before we take it to the gauntlet, do you have any preliminary feelings here? I watched Bad News Bears way too young as a child. It was the greatest thing for a kid who was like, I'm sorry, what just happened? Like, seeing that movie at an inappropriate age is a rite of passage. It is supposed to be jarring. It is supposed to be, wait, you can actually do that in a movie with kids? This is a kid's movie? It's not a kid's movie. It's a movie about kids, and yeah, it's it's hard to replicate a moment like that. I mean, again, when I first saw A League of Their Own, it was a, wait, this happened? So both of these movies have that, you know, just that instant impact of, wait a minute, this is something different, this is something to, this, this has grabbed you, like, mentally right off the get-go yeah i would agree with you there and like you said with a league of their own i knew nothing about this before it's before i watched this movie the weight that actually happened factor to it i think has really played into its successful run here it's been a very much a story of wow this is supported this has held this story alive for so many years now and it was a forgotten story and then also what you said with bad news bears the factor of wait you could do this in a movie has really held it up through its run where it's been this movie should not have happened maybe and yet here it is on our screens we're seeing it happen and I, I don't even know if they would have let the kids who were in that movie watch the finished product of that movie when it first came out. Well, I mean, it was the 70s, so kids could actually, you know, have fun back then. So, who knows? Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So, shall we take these movies into the gauntlet? One last run through the gauntlet. To see who reigns supreme. Who is our gold medal champion? Alright, so let's start off with the fancy German word for spirit ghost. Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. (laughs) So both of these movies have great zeitgeist potential. There's no crying in baseball has been used and misused so much since that movie came out. It's considered a Tom Hanks all-time line, and the the dude was Forrest Gump, and that movie was only lines. Yeah, I mean, that line, it defined the movie, but also it's been used to define baseball so much since that movie came out. And perhaps to a negative degree that it's been used to define baseball, to be, oh, baseball is burly and manly, and that's not what it's about. But... No. 
In fact, that's the antithesis of the line. But still, it's stuck from that movie. If there's one thing that everybody remembers from A League of Their Own, even if they've never seen A League of Their Own, it's there's no crying in baseball. And that has become part of the culture. And then you look at Bad News Bears, we've said this before, and it's been a huge part of this movie's run, is that Bad News Bears, it's now a, it's now a descriptor. They're the Bad News Bears of, of politics. They're the Bad News Bears of human resources. They're the Bad News Bears of Bad News Bears movies. Oh, you mean the remake? No, the one where they go to Japan. That one was confusing. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I think both of these have a real claim to the point for the zeitgeist test. Uh, are we going to split this point? I, th- I I actually am leaning towards Bad News Bears just because people don't fully get the no crying in baseball. It's like the when. It's like when people say boo earns, they're, they're not doing it right. <laughs> that is a fair argument there, that people say people say it wrong. Uh, and people say bad news bears and get it the right way. And again, it's people have never seen the bad news bears. People have no experience with baseball movies whatsoever, but they know the bad news bears. And And, and it's... It's 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 really like unfortunate that like the takeaway is there's no crying in baseball because you know that's showing Jimmy Dugan at the beginning and it's showing like it, it really undercuts just the resilience and the strength of of these you know like incredible women who like who were professional athletes and it's like that one reductive line it's catchy it's a it's a it's like it's like a it's like a stick in your mind moment, but that Jimmy Dugan is 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 like a different Jimmy Dugan towards the end of the movie, and yeah, like the movie isn't just crying in baseball. That movie is so much more. Yeah, absolutely. But it is it's that one line that really sticks with you. Mm. Yeah. Okay. The next one, star power. Uh, I think this one has to go to League of Their Own. Just just look at everybody lined up in that. Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Bill Pullman, John Lovitz. I mean, the fact that you have, like, Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell, just no big deal hanging out in this movie. Yeah. And this is 90s Rosie O'Donnell, keep in mind. Yeah, this was Rosie O'Donnell, Pete Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, and then oh, and I, I think you mentioned John Lovitz just because we all need a Gary Bettman impersonator. <laughs> hey, can't go wrong with a Gary Bettman impersonator in the nineteen forties. But then you look at for sure. But then you look at Bad News Bears. This is Tatum O'Neill, like that Tatum O'Neill. <laughs> Man, it is Tatum O'Neill, but I don't think that it can compete on that level with a League of Their Own. League of Their Own has stars up the wazoo. I don't know if I, but then you ask, who would you rather have managing your team, Jimmy Dugan or Morris Buttermaker? Oh man, those, I don't know, man. Those are both uh, strange decisions. Like what? What if what if Walter Matthau was cast instead of Tom Hanks? Is that the perfect movie? Huh? I don't. I don't buy Walter Matthau as a former big league slugger. Is the difference? Tom no, Hanks. I do. Like in the same way, I buy Oscar Madison as like a dedicated sports reporter. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. No, I am. I am gonna pull the trigger and give the point for star power to League of Their Own, though. It's it's just got the overwhelming yeah. wattage. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. There, there's 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 no arguing that. So let's all go for some frosty chocolate milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, what test do you want to run it to next? Um. I mean, like, we we've had this problem before with on-field matchups, where 
you know, it's a bunch of kids versus a bunch of adults. But I mean, let's let's look at let's look at the let's look at the final act of both these movies. And, you know, like who sticks the landing better? Because in both movies, spoiler alert, also, we haven't said spoiler alert like once throughout this whole goddamn bracket. These We've movies ruined these movies are old enough that they should have been seen by people. And yet, I'm sure if we had more than one fan writing to us, we would get shit about, hey, no spoiler alerts. Like, watch a movie, go to a blockbuster or something. Yeah, jeez. This is... League of Their Own is one of the movies that I want to have on the re-release for now that movie theaters are reopening from COVID. Forget Jurassic Park. Forget Raiders of the Lost Ark. I want to see League of Their Own on a big screen. Whoa. Now, I'm okay with you saying that about Jurassic Park, but Raiders is a cultural institution, and Raiders would run this gauntlet with its eyes closed while not even being able to speak Hovitos. So how dare you? Fair enough. Fair enough. But, ha. So but yes, let's I take a look at who the- sticks the landing. Now, yes. what I really love about the ending for League of Their Own is that it's sister against sister. She can't hit the high fastball. She hits the high fastball. And Dottie totally drops that ball on purpose at the end to let her sister win. Yeah. It's heartrending. You get those tears. You get her giving it up for her sister. That is a phenomenal ending. And then you get the little postscript where they're at the Hall of Fame at the end and everybody's reunited. And Madonna looks like she does now. Yeah, essentially. I'm kidding, kidding. Like we're we're it's just a cheap throwaway joke. Please don't sue us, Madonna's lawyers. Please don't. We're big fans. <laughs> and then the ending of Bad News Bears, from the bunt home run to Kelly Leak blowing through the signal like Alex Gordon should have done, to taking that trophy and shoving it up your ass, to giving the kids beer in the dugouts and I'll drink to that. Yeah. I mean, like, it had everything from... Like, literal heartbreak with the Yankees coach being a genuine criminal. Like, fuck that shit. Like, don't hit your children. To even with everything said and done, the bad news bears are the bad news bears. Like, like it's like, sure, they'll, they finally they get the respect, but they don't want the respect. They want, they, they want to win. Wait till next year. Yeah. Uh, now... Why I am inclined to put a league of their own over the top here is every time I watch a league of their own, I cheer for the ending to be different. I che- I know how it ends, and I cheer for the for the other outcome. I really want the Peaches to win that game, and the Bad News Bears. I know how it's going to end, and I'm entertained by that ending because I know if they don't lose. We don't get the Yankees shoving it up, being told to shove it up their asses. We don't get all drink to that. We lose the fun moments. But if the Peaches win, then the team we've been cheering for the whole time finally gets their validation, right? And yet, oh man, because you see in the finals of Bad News Bears where Walter Matthau, he, he regresses a bit, but then he just... he. He flips a switch and he decides, you know what? Like he he becomes the Walter Matthau that Amanda wants him to be. And oh my! But yeah, I I want Rockford to win. I get it. I have siblings. If I was in that situation, I'd Gina Davis it too. But part of you just oh my god! Yeah, that Penny Marshall. She was awesome. She she. She oh, really man. was. Man, and we, for, we, I don't think we've mentioned Penny Marshall enough when we've been talking about League of Their Own. She put together a terrific, terrific movie and then managed all of these stars to take terrific performances out of them 
to make this movie as great as it was. Well, I mean, there's a reason why, you know, she's like, like an incredibly celebrated director. Like, like she's, she's, yeah, like she's amazing. And it really shines through in this movie. And yeah, you, like you, you were right. It's a juggling act and it's, it's crazy that like all these spinning plates and she managed to, you know, like pull it off. Also, she directed big, so she knew what she was getting with Tom Hanks. She had an inside track with T. Hanks. Yeah, she did. Get that she... on T. Hanks. Wow. So, what's our next test here with League of Their Own leading two to one right now? Um, let's see. Um, modern relevance. Oh boy. Like if you were to show one person who doesn't know baseball one baseball movie which of these two would you show first because you're showing them both obviously but which one do you lead off with oh if they don't know anything about baseball at all uh i'm not sure if i would lead with the raunchy comedy because i think that might turn them off you lead with the movie that's got it all. It's got comedy, but it's also got drama. It's got high emotion, and it's got, you know, jokes about people getting drunk and singing in bars. Uh, League of Their Own has a little bit of everything, which is part of what makes it so great. It is very much the the foundation for the modern rom-drom, uh, drama. It's not really a word for a movie that blends comedy and drama so well. Dramedy. Drum yeah. It, it <laughs> It's not even a dramedy though. A dramedy is a very specific type of movie and that's not this. Also, Gary Marshall was in a league of their own. Holy shit. Oh my god, that's right he was. Okay, what uh, I this is ridiculous. I mean, also Janet Jones is in League of Their Own. Like, these things are just, like, popping back into... What the hell? How do you make a movie with these many famous people? Penny Marshall, man. Penny Marshall. Penny frickin' Marshall, man. Although, my one lament about Bad News Bears is that Kelly Leak at no point says, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been good. Also, Kelly Lee, one of the greatest child athletes of all time. Like he, he would have been a great high school burnout who, like, like you know, pops his like UCL by the time he reaches his senior year. Like, what he could have like he been. He was on track. Yeah, he. I mean, if you know the nineteen seventies didn't swallow him up first, he would have been a great athlete. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're giving the modern relevance to League of Their Own. Yeah, I. it's a great introduction to the sport. And, and it's a non-traditional and, and introduction to the sport, too, which is great. Yeah, and I mean, that's what will get people who are not familiar with, with baseball into it quicker. It's... Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but like I, I'm, I'm seeing the green light across across the sound. Like I'm, I think I, I like my vision is like starting to like to to focus. It's like, starting to crystallize for me. I think I think we can call it. I I think that we have reached the point in the gauntlet where it's safe to say. The Rockford Peaches finally get their win. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2020 TWI Blurns Ball Movie Madness champion, A League of Their Own. Da, 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 da. And I'll put one shining moment in there instead of us singing it, because that would be Good bad. <laughs> but oh my god, a worthy champion if there ever was one. And a heck of a fight by 
the bad news bears to get here. But once again, the, the kids are fine. The kids are happy. They'll drink to that. They will drink to that, indeed. Man, what a fight. What a t- Two terrific movies. Only one could come out on top. And we finally found out the one that will come out on top. The one that reigns supreme of all baseball movies. And this is definitive. There never needs to be another debate ever again by anyone. Until the next baseball lockout, then we go through this all over again with director's cut commentary. Oh, boy. Man, that's what we should do. We should make a director's cut commentary of a league of their own now. Oh, that'd be incredible. I mean, like, you're still friends with Gina Davis, right? Yeah, of course. And you still have Tom Hanks on speed dial, right? On speed dial, he's subletting. Excellent. Or one of his goofball kids is. I can't remember. Oh, Colin? Ugh. No, the other ones. Ugh. <laughs> but yeah, both. I think we're both more than comfortable giving a league of their own the crown. Because, yeah, they straight up took it. They passed gauntlets. They beat great opponents to get here. Let's, yeah, like... A League of Their Own took out the Sandlot, Field of Dreams, and Pride of the Yankees in a row. That That is one heck of a run. And then they took out the Bad News Bears. That is four heavyweight takedowns. And to get here, the Bad News Bears, you know, in a row took out Bang the Drum Slowly, Major League, and Bull Durham. So they won, like, they won the 70s and 80s. They just couldn't hack it in the 90s. There's no shame in that. The 90s brought a whole different level of movie making to the to the screen. But to like it beat Major League. People say Major League as like a top baseball movie and Bad News Bears finishes second in our bracket. Yeah. It beat Bull Durham and people hold Bull Durham up as one of the greatest sports movies period of all time. And I still hold it up there as a sentimental favorite. But the math, it doesn't lie unless it does. Well, we cannot fault the math here this time. Wow. No, this this was clean and decisive. This was clean and decisive. Argument free. Well then. I mean, yeah. Well, what do we do now? This this bracket has been our entire existence. I guess we have to talk about real baseball from now on. I guess so. Well, thankfully, the MLB actually got their shit together. <laughs> Who'd have thunk that this would actually work? <laughs> it was perfect timing. Wait, if we had made this bracket one round shorter, would we have had baseball back sooner? Is it our fault? This is our fault. We're sorry, America. No! Why do we do these things? Why do we tempt fate and the baseball gods? Is this not a worthy offering to them? We apologize. We apologize. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We suck! (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, so shall we move on to our classic games of the week? Yes, and I have a special edition of Show and Tell for this week's classic game of the week, so I will be right back. Okay, in the meantime, I'll go first. So, Ben won't hear this part because he's going off to get his Show and Tell, but my classic game of the week is Game 7 of the 2019 World Series, a.k.a. the last game of baseball that anybody has seen for a long-ass time. It was a great game in a weird World Series where the road team won every single game, and finally the Nationals got their World Series. As much as I dislike the Nationals for being the zombie Expos, uh, they got it, and they got to have their celebration, and it's somehow been, uh, hold on, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, eight months since we've seen real baseball since since we've seen real baseball since that's bad english jacob but we've seen real baseball and we haven't since then and 
it'll be a fun time when we finally have baseball back. And just in time, Ben comes back. You missed I my mean, classic was... game of the week. Oh, yeah. No, that, that, that was a great game. Uh, Reggie Jackson hit three home runs in that one, I think. Uh, close. It was a World Series game. You were very close. It was it, it was Nationals Astros, wasn't it? It was Game Seven of the most recent World Series. You are correct. The last game of baseball that counts that anybody has seen. Last game of baseball that existed ever. Yes. So let's see your show and tell. I could not find it. Oh. So just the tell. I was then. looking for the tickets. I was looking for the ticket stub from my first ever game at Fenway Park. Red Sox Mariners, August of 1999. Nice. And again, like for a seven-year-old, it was like mind-blowing. I forget, like we were so high up that we couldn't even tell whether it was, you know, A-Rod or Nomar at at bat. Like that's how high up our seats were, but still have the ticket stub somewhere. And it's just, like, if I could go back to that day now, like, that would be, I feel mean, crazy thing to relive. I that, mean, like, that's, it's like your first time, it's like any major first in your life. For me, that's like going to Fenway Park for the first time as a little kid, and I would, would absolutely kill to rewatch that game because... Also, like, look at the Red Sox of like, like, look at look at both teams of the late nineties. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so I have it saved in one of those like plastic, uh, like like uh, like 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 trading card sleeves because back then tickets still looked like goddamn tickets. Yeah. Oh man, I know exactly what you mean because I. Have a very cool ticket that I have saved. Whoa! Yeah. Holy shit, that's amazing. Right? Where is my goddamn ticket? So, what I have shown, Ben, is a ticket from the very first ever game at Sky Dome. Uh, It is a ticket for gate 4, row 3, seat 15, aisle 224A. Uh, And it cost $18 for a Sky Club level ticket. Uh, which I don't even think you can get into the dome for $18 anymore. No, like, you you aren't even allowed to sit in, like, the Jose Canseco, Manny Ramirez home run splashdown center for that much. I don't think so either. Uh, so the Jays beat Milwaukee. Uh, the, the Jays lost to Milwaukee uh, that game, but it was very impressive. It was the dome for the first time, and this is back when the dome was a mo- Marvel of modern engineering. So, like, a brief six-month period before Camden Yards opened. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, man, that is a great thing to have. And I wish I could just track it down. It's I thought it was in one drawer. It's not. I remember what drawer it is. I know where it is. I'm, But I'm not going to run away because that's bad podcasting. <laughs> that is bad podcasting. So I've taken two, first, uh, two classic games this week. So... I feel like if you want to take a second, go ahead and take a second. Classic game, classic game, classic game, classic game. You don't have to. Boy, that's a that's that's a it's a head scratcher because just this morning I was watching Korean baseball and like I was having a great time at that. Hey, Korean um, baseball is great. Korean baseball is great. All right, I think I, I'm going to go with an unconventional classic. Go for it. I'm, I'm going to go with. Oh man, no! I I am I'm calling an audible heel up here. I'm going to go. I don't even know if this is allowed within the rule books. No I'm rules, going with a just baseball right. Baseball classic game. Oh. Yeah, I don't know how kosher this is, but I am going with the Puerto Rico semifinal matchup where Puerto Rico beat the Netherlands 4-3 to three in extra innings in the craziest, crazy, because I remember watching this whole tournament 
And like you're like the Netherlands. Wait, they play baseball because of Curacao, because of Aruba. They have guys like Xander Bogarts and Drelton Simmons, um, Jonathan Scope, who has the most Dutch last name ever because it's spelled Shoop. Yeah. Oh, man. Going up against Puerto Rico, like they were playing like like this was just after the hurricanes, like like they were rallying their entire country around them, and it's like and just like possibly like the greatest assembly of like baseball talent was on that Puerto Rican team, and it it was just a heartbreaking like anticlimactic final like where, where the U.S. beat them eight nothing. But that game against Puerto Rico, uh, sorry, that game Puerto Rico against the Netherlands, absolutely worth a rewatch, even though it is World Baseball Classic. Hey, nothing wrong with the World Baseball Classic. That is what baseball at the Olympics should be like, where you have all the major league players repping their countries, because having a best-on-best baseball tournament is awesome. And I don't know if the Olympics will ever be able to do that. Because of just logistics, everything. yeah, yeah, but yeah, a best on best baseball tournament is freaking awesome, and especially yeah. when Team Israel is really good in it. That was that was a great run, man. Like that was a fun World Baseball Classic, and we all knew Canada was just gonna like just like just crash and burn. I was gonna say dovetail out, but yes. Well, if they can't get the best players, they can't win. Yep. And even then, it's an uphill battle. Yes. But enough about baseball. On to Futurama. So, I worried that I've already picked this episode, but I'll let you be the judge of it. Okay, let's go. The late Philip J. Fry. You have already picked the late Philip J. Fry. That was like our very first Futurama pick of the week that you've picked. So many emotions. <laughs> so many emotions. Would you like me to go while you pick another episode? If you don't mind. <laughs> okay. So I picked uh, Raging Bender, which is the episode Ooh. where Bender joins the Ultimate Robot Fighting League. <laughs> Oh, man, with Master Fnog. Yes, with Master Fnog. From America's heartland, Mexico, Bender (laughs) Bending Rodriguez. From and made of parts unknown. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I'm a fan of people that pick fights in movie theaters, and you are the biggest jerk ever to pick a fight in a movie theater. You should see me at funerals. (laughs) <laughs> and that was Abner Double Deal. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, excellent choice. Excellent choice. All right. So I suppose that leaves me to make an actual pick. Yes, it does. So for this week's Futurama episode... That I am picking with very much advance of forethought. I am going to once again go unconventional. Okay. It may ruffle some feathers. People may not be happy about it. But Bender should not be allowed on TV. (laughs) That's a great episode. Oh my god, just, hey kids, try this at home. Warning, do not try this at home. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Pull up a groove and get fabulous. <laughs> that was a that was another classic episode. I think that there are very few episodes of this series that are not classics, in our opinion. And I just love the meddling executives and just Futurama just absolutely sticking it to the meddling executives that tried to meddle with them. Yeah. It's one of the classic episodes where a TV show says, you're going to give us notes? Take these notes and shove them. Truly, the Bad News Bears ethos exists for now and ever. Yes. Yes, it does. <sighs> ah, Bender should not be allowed on TV. A vendor should not be allowed on TV. He shouldn't, and yet, what was it? 
10 seasons and 4 movies? Yeah, something like that. I think on a lot of movies. The movies were subpar. I also rewatched Bender's Game after watching The Lord of the Rings so I could finally get all the jokes. Yeah, I get that. It's yeah. It's better understanding it. Yeah, also Nibbler. <laughs> Welcome Nibbler. Home from Earth, planet Earth. Oh, frick, I forget the joke. Welcome acknowledged. <laughs> oh, there was home of of the like the microwave pizza pie or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, man, we're really tailing off at the end here. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we got a lot done in this episode. We had show and tell with very little show. We, <laughs> we finally crowned a champion of our bracket, and baseball was back. So by this time next week, baseball will have been canceled forever, and we'll have to start our new bracket. Exactly. So remember, if you have people to nominate for our best ever fictional athlete bracket that's totally going to happen once baseball gets canceled again, because baseball is going to get canceled again, let's all be honest with ourselves here, you can send yeah. your suggestions to uh, at TWIBlurdsBall, that's us on Twitter, or if you prefer not to yell at the nebulous concept of a podcast on Twitter, you can send it to me, I'm at JMS Morris, or Ben, who is at Benjamin K. Bloom. Uh, ben is a... Uh, a cartoon character of himself on Twitter, I am a person. Yes, as we've well established on this podcast, I am a cartoon character. Like, look, look, I'm pretty sure for those of you who have never met us, yes, I am just a figment of, of Jacob's imagination. Yes, he is. He is. Uh, so, I think that wraps it up. Oh, remember to give us a good rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. It helps other people find us. Yes, and because we need those likes. We need those stars. We need those thumbs. Ser seriously, I can't pick up mugs anymore. Please, someone give me a thumb. The, the more stars we get, the stronger Ben becomes. The further into our universe he is able to pierce from my brain. Like, like Bugs Bunny in Space Jam. Exactly like Bugs Bunny in Space Jam. Or Tinkerbell in Peter Pan. Yeah, that's perhaps a more apt description. Anywho. Anywho. For, for this week of Blurred's Ball, I'm Jacob Morris. I'm Benjamin Bloom. Thank you so much for joining us. Farewell from the world of tomorrow. Tomorrow.